Oh, a story that I did think was interesting, and this is based off a meme I saw. Yeah, that's always good. Um, but it is true how Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, and then they're like the only people who are like pro Jeff Bezos. Mm. That sounds like a Kevin story more than a front and center story. Not that I'm not, you know. Well, Kev- I, Kevin currently resides as a co-host <laughs> on the true. Front and Center podcast. But I feel like that's more like anti-Bezos pod, which we did a solid amount of last time. I don't. This feel is that, an anti-Bezos pod. No, I get that, but not every week do we have to go in on Jeff Bezos. Good though. <laughs> I prefer not to go in on Jeff Bezos every week. Um, listen, uh, we gotta at some point be respectful of our overlord. I don't care. You know, if we, I get if I get assassinated, that'd be that'd be good for the pod. Yeah, Kevin speaks only for himself. Uh, Mr. Bezos, I uh, I I thank you for all that you've done for humanity. Yeah, I mean, if it happens, I think everybody everybody will know. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not feeling any certain type of way. I, okay. I still want to exist on Earth, and uh, if something happens and I'm not here, and just know it's probably it's either him or but we'll beep that one out. No, don't even bleep it out because people are fucking smart. They know who. We talk about okay. Um, what if I beat both of them out? Okay, fine. No, and then people DM me and be like, "Yo, who did you bleep out?" That's what people do. And then you just be like, y- "You'll never know." That's no, the I'm, power of editing. I understand that. Well, this is I, the this is the this is the cold open, Alex. No. Three, two, one. Boom! Welcome to the show. The show is called Front and Center. I am here with my co-host. Kevin, the stallion. Kevin, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't expect it. Well, you, bl- you blew it that way. No, I mean, I was, I was checking the audio levels. You kind of blew it out there. Oh, sorry. I came with too much fucking <laughs> yeah. enthusiasm. Yeah, I turned you down a little bit. But, oh, you know, you're fine. Turn me down. Turn me up in my headphones. Yeah, you can be up in the headphones, down in the, uh, in the overall. Okay, today we're recording at nine ten in the morning. Um, the first time we've ever recorded before noon. And I got energy, Kevin. I got fucking yeah. juice. I'm ready to go today. Things are looking up. Um, just just a lot of uh, excitement. And uh, the podcast, people excited. Last week was fun. Yeah. There was a lot of comments in the, uh, in the old DMs about sort of uh, takes and Cleveland Guardians and uh, Jeff Bezos chatter. And it was fun. There was yeah. a lot of good talk last week. Shout out to Pete Freeman. Came oh, yeah. in and just really brought it. And so based on sort of the uh, enthusiasm and sort of excitement around last week's episode, I think this is the last week that we are going to do the pod, just me and Kevin. I mean, probably not ever. Probably not ever. Like We're yes. going to start having guests. We're going to start with guests next week. And so we have a, a, a solid uh, roster of people that we are we're in chats with to bring them into the pod, to bring in that sort of extra energy. And yeah. I think that's like Kevin and I been doing the show for a couple months i think 12 episodes this is our 13th episode oh shout out to us um and i think the pod works really well with just kevin and i i I don't it's not that we need other people it's just like i think seeing you know sort of or listening to a third mic person coming in fresh you know sort of uh you know bouncing off of us was really nice and i think it made me even more excited to have um outside guests and people that don't work for center on the show yeah, seeing what happens. Oh yeah. Also, miss my boy Pete. That was a was a ruckus time, <laughs> ruckus time in Brooklyn when he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to, when I listened back to the pod. I, I set him up as like a party guy, which is kind of funny because he's like he does like to have a good time, but he's not like a party. He's guy. He's a good vibe guy. He's a good vibe guy. He's like a, exactly. 
It's like a let's let's go dance and have some fun. Yeah, exactly. He's just he's, like he's in a good mood. He's having fun. He's bouncing around. He's uh, yeah. He's, he's like a let's go dance, not like a let's go get fucked up guy. Yeah, exactly. It has nothing but to do with alcohol, the two are intertwined. Like, you know. Like, yeah, you know, he just likes to have a good he time. He has a good time, and he knows where good times are happening, and that's typically oh, yeah. you know in sort of uh, you know bars and clubs. And, oh yeah, you know, and that's and that's you know just where the music is, and oh. so. Uh, shout out to Pete. He was great. Oh yeah, we um, got a we got a proper rinse when he was yes, in town. Yes, um, yes Friday yes. night. You know, we were very very sweaty. Yep, we, as, as as promised. We left the club at like three, I think three a.m. Sick. Just very very sweaty. I have a you guys. I cool. have a three a.m. club photo of mm. um me, Pete, and. Ooh, our friend Cass. Can we put it in the uh, the promo of this uh, uh, pod? If I don't know. know, I don't know if everybody's okay with that photo going out. Okay, well, very greasy, yep. very oily, mm-hmm. very very uh, like mm. it's a, it's a high flash photo. It's okay. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if everybody's consented to yes. having that released. Okay, well, well, Kevin and Pete and uh, you know the the gang here in Brooklyn were sort of uh, you know living their lives, being young, free. And uh, having fun, I uh, I was watching content. You know, Kevin, I put in the work oh, yeah. on the weekends. The work doesn't stop uh, for me, and I'm just you know sort of I'm just gotta ingrain myself into the culture, you know, and I gotta be doing research, really, uh, you know, for the pod and yeah. for the studio, cultural research, exactly. And so I watched some things, and I think you know um, this podcast is not about recommendations for things to watch, but it. There's, I'm always watching things, and I always want to tell other people about it. It's not not about recommendations. Though. Yeah, it is. It, it yeah, it should. It can be. It could be whatever we yeah. want it to be. Kevin, this is our podcast. Yeah, we're sitting here with the mics. So yeah, I just quickly before we get into like topics in the news. Uh, each week we go through the news. We go through the topics, the things that are happening in the branding and design world. We talk about them. We banter. We give some critiques. We give some hot takes, and uh, you know we see where it takes us. But uh, a couple things that I watched last this weekend that I would recommend to you, Kevin, and anyone else who's listening. First thing, top of that list is uh, uh, the Woodstock '99 documentary. It's on HBO. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it it is pretty solid um, documentary. I don't really recall exactly the story of Woodstock '99, but um, did you go? I wasn't there. No, uh. but. They they tell a really beautiful story about uh, a pretty fucked up moment in time when sort of uh, late nineties a lot of male white angst mm-hmm. uh, was sort of popping off. Oh, is this where that DMX clip came from? Yes, and so basically they had Woodstock '69, nice. they had Woodstock '94. They were all like you know peace, love, and joy. And then in 1999, and they decided to do Woodstock again, and be. Cause I guess popular music at the time was like Limp Bizkit, uh, Metallica. Like it was very much like rock. Like was the hot genre, sort of like new metal. And so they, for some reason, decided to make this festival essentially um, uh, full of acts that sort of the average 22-year-old college white male would sort of be uh, excited about. And it was all just angsty rage artists. So the lineup, you ready for essentially who was there and like sort of like what sort of started all this ruckus? Um, Hold on. Was there actual ruckus or is it oh, just the... Uh, yes. Yeah, is it yeah. just the 
the vibe. No, it was actually quite horrifying. Um, the fact they so um, the first night they um, th- I'm doing a really bad job. Thought, I'm sorry. Um, basically, it was sort of like a a fire fest type situation where there like wasn't enough water. There wasn't enough sort of like it was brutally hot. There was like the campgrounds became full, like all the toilets are breaking. So like shit and literally piss was everywhere. That's just classic Woodstock. No, no, but it was like, but it was yes, classic Woodstock. But if people are there to see like DMX and fucking rage against the machine and Metallica and, you know, sort of, uh, uh, Limp Biscuit and Insane Clown Posse and Kid Rock and like oh Kid Rock yeah, these are all the artists that people are there and so basically they tell the story over the sort of like three days of the festival how like progressively people started getting angrier and angrier and like just more rageful and by Sunday they literally start breaking everything that's there whoa lighting fires like just smashing ATMs were they smashing pumpkins they just smashed everything and. <laughs> The one of my favorite parts was that they would ask the artists to go on stage and be like, "Hey, like, can you like try to like quell the crowd?" <laughs> and literally, Fred Durst from Biscuit gets on stage. He's like, "You ever have one of these days we want to fucking break shit?" <laughs> and he's just like, "This is the song for you." And then, and then like, um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers comes on and they play Fire. Like, they're just like the the, the artists are not like. You know, because they're not, you know, they're, they're, it's 1999 and like they have an image and they have a brand they're yeah. trying to like uphold. And so basically, this festival goes from like people angry in the sun to like people tired and angry in the sun to just like full on chaos. And unfortunately, a lot of people died. What? Really? Because <laughs> yeah, it was just like heat exhaustion oh, and like the crowd. There was no cell phones also in 1999. So like everyone is just kind of like in this mosh pit. It just was like, um, and, and really close together. And so people got hypothermia because they were just so hot and squished in together in like a mosh pit and they fucking die. What? Yeah. So this like, that makes no sense to me. How do they get hypothermia? Yeah. The, overheating from drugs. No, from just being over. Like if you put 300,000 people in a very close space together and everyone is jumping up and down together and their squished body heat and body temperature just rises to the point where you like, if you're, you know, maybe not the healthiest person in the world, like <laughs> it's very unsafe. Is that hypothermia though? Yeah. No, it's hypothermia. You can die from, overheating is that oh okay yeah so i mean i guess that makes sense if it's like yeah and so the documentary is actually really um dark at points there's a lot of like uh sexual assault and like there's definitely a, like um and it, there's a lot of like women who you know sort of report uh sort of uh things that um happen to them there and just it, mm-hmm. you know just really dark and but an interesting documentary nonetheless um the other thing um that i watched this weekend that is uh, incredibly weird is a Netflix show called Sexy Beasts where people go on blind dates, but they have to wear uh, masks, like Halloween costumes. You love masks. So it's fucking not- first. First yeah. you have the masked singer. Yeah. Now Sexy Beasts. This is like the masked singer dating. Yeah, that's pretty much the same concept for sure. Um, you know what I realized also, Kevin, this weekend? Um, there's a basically new genre of reality shows. And it's like the new modern day sort of version of like, you know, the real world or Kardashians or whatever, like the reality template and their social experiment reality. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the way I think they all sort of, uh, you know, the galvanizing idea around sort of what HBO, uh, what uh, reality shows are at the moment, which is like 
we're going to put all these sexy people on an island, but they can't have sex. And it's like, <laughs> they, you know, and see what happens and two out to handle. Or like, hey, we're going to put all these sexy people in a room, uh, but, you know, they, they get to date, but they can't see each other. So, you know, sort of they put them behind the wall and love what, is blind. What are these masks? Like, are they uh, animal masks? Yeah. So, animal. So, this is the latest one. Okay. So, like, they don't see each other because they're wearing animal masks and they look fucking insane. Is Netflix pushing furry culture onto us? To be honest, it's a little, it, it gets a little weird in that way where you're like, this is kind of furry ish adjacent. But it's one of those shows where it's like, it's not good. It's really dumb. You shouldn't watch more than, you know, literally one episode of it. But I, can't stop watching it and it's just so bizarre and like i don't know Alex. i think i think we're getting to a really weird and dark place with the reality show there's a new show on hbo called f boy island aka fuck boy island where you put a bunch of hot people on an island and women have to find out like who's the good guy and who's the fuck boy you know some sort of you know sort of wow. social experiment yeah so like all these shows, hbo made that that seems that seems a little low i think that's the thing that actually kind of makes me quite sad it's like it's hbo max which is again this like fucked up new thing where it's like hbo but it's not really hbo hbo's it's got too, cinemax hbo's got too many brands it, it it has a branding problem hbo does because it's like yes there's a show on hbo that's really really fucking good right now it's called white lotus and that is like prime hbo sunday night con like television yeah like, must see tv if you're not watching white lotus it's arguably the best show on, I, I think it's undeniably the best show on tv right now if you're gonna watch one thing based on this conversation or listening to this podcast go watch white lotus on i HBO. don't i'll watch it no it's fantastic it's beautifully shot it's really funny there's amazing actors it's it, it's an all-star cast it's incredible and so that's like prime hbo like you know type of t tv you know, it's it's not TV. It's to be HBO, but F Boy Island is like on the same channel network, and it's like it's sad that that's a thing because like, HBO would never do that. Not well, I guess they did. Sopranos and Curb, and you know, like, they, they the just did it, show. Alex. But it, it's 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 not HBO. It's HBO Max. So it's like who, who who's taking responsibility, or who who takes uh, credit for? F Boy Island and who takes credit for White Lotus? In my mind, it's Cinemax is doing H uh, Fuck Boy Island and HBO is doing White Lotus, but it's all the same, so it's fucking fucked up. Um, we got to move on. Yes. Um, let's get to the topics. One last thing I wanted to just quickly uh, say. Uh, this morning, as I mentioned, we're shooting uh, and recording this podcast in the AM here for the first time. I went to get my uh, coffee from the coffee shop. Uh, they were playing Christmas music. It's August. Okay. Yeah. It's a little early. Where's for Mariah? What the fuck is Eleva? Uh, it's a coffee shop right here in Greenpoint. It's kind of talk about a bad name. A uh, tough name there. You ever um, you ever hear the number eleven? It's uh, it's called Eleva. Shout out to Eleva. They have uh, incredibly strong coffee, which is why I go there um, in times of need. Um, you know, my typical uh, shops are Maman and Homecoming. Those are the, you know, sort of go-tos in Greenpoint. Everyone loves this content, you know, fucking coffee talk. You got to go to Champion. Where's that? It's Manhattan. Manhattan and DuPont. I'm not going to go out of my way. What are you coffee, talking about? You, you live know? right there. You live like a like literally two yeah, steps from it. Yeah, it would be two steps away from the office and not towards the office. I need my coffee shop to be, uh, you know, in my direct path. Um, yeah. Kevin, should we get into the show topics? Yeah, Alex actually came in this morning and he said, "No talkie until coffee," <laughs> and he has that sign hanging above his desk. Yeah, don't talk to me until I have my coffee. Um, that's me. You know, I didn't drink coffee until I turned like 
32. That's crazy. Yeah. I just was not really a coffee guy. I was always tired. Damn. Sleepy. Lazy. I mean, you probably slept better. Yeah. Why do you think we're doing so well at the studio? Coffee. Just, you know, for the first time. <laughs> probably because you know? everybody, everybody's very talented on our team. Yeah. That doing good work. That and also coffee, you know? Yeah. Just, just really elevated things in my life. Love me a, love me a productive drug. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you look around and you're like, why is everyone using this 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 product except for me and seemingly getting a lot of things done well now it's time to start ripping cigs <laughs> hell yeah take it to the next level <laughs> hell yeah okay cool <laughs> let's uh let's let's get into the topics kevin this week uh we got a couple things we got to talk about um first one is uh a rebrand we love a rebrand every week we uh you know talk about things that uh you know sort of appear on brand new shout out to armin as always go subscribe to armin and uh brand new and sort of uh what they do over there um it goes without saying that yeah. if you're a designer and into branding and the amount of work and the amount of uh you know sort of uh dedication and commitment and care that they do uh you know is is unparalleled and it's absolutely something yeah also you know we're uh i think we send a lot of you know we people who listen to the show yeah i feel like their their move while they're listening is yes. to go to brandnew.com yes. or whatever what, under consideration whatever yes um Maybe we should be getting a kickback from that. Maybe we should talk to them about potential advertising. Again, if you're an advertiser, if you're listening and you work for a company that you think might be a good advertiser for the show, uh, you know, slide in those DMs, holler at the boys. Um, but yes, under consideration dot uh, com slash brand new. If you don't have a subscription, um, you absolutely should. And if you don't, um, it, you should because you want to. Uh, be viewing what Kevin and I are viewing while we're talking about this on the podcast because yeah, that's get a, the key. get on our frequency. That's the key. It's like we are obviously uh, talking about design on an, in an audio medium, yeah. And so if you want to see the things we're talking about and sort of uh, reviewing, um, you know, at least once an episode we are on brand new, um, yeah, and sort of talking about what uh, rebrands are happening in the world. Yeah. Also, don't come at me and say. Oh, all this, all the things you talk about are brand new. I can't look at them because I don't. True? Somebody who's not to be named uh, uh, did that to me last night. They were like, "Yeah, I can never find your show. Or I can never find some of these articles because yeah. they're on brand new." And I was like, "Well, you know, it's two dollars a month. Um, yeah. You should pay for it." Like, yeah, I mean, listen, like our show is free. We're not, you know, this isn't some sort of Patreon thing. We're not, not behind a paywall yet. But yeah, if we're instead of paying us money. Go pay Armin money. Go but, pay brand new two dollars a month, and not maybe only, maybe also pay us, us money too. But it, I'm saying it's not even just for us in this show. It's for th- your career, your knowledge. Your, you know, there's the great things on there that we you know we talk about one out of the twenty things that they post a week, right? Like, go and 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 check out the website if and 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 if only to be able to see what we talk about here on the show. Our first story today is a new logo and packaging for uh, an iconic American brand called Campbell's, done by uh, Turner Duckworth and uh, designer Ian Brignell. And uh, this is um, one of those projects where um, you sort of see it and you can kind of picture it in your brain before you even sort of uh, you know get onto the page. You say a rebrand of Campbell's soup. You know, you know what the iconic uh, can design looks like, and you just say, "I hope they didn't, you know, sort of mess with this too much." And uh, great news for you, they didn't, and it's perfect because 
there's a brand, uh, you know, sort of as a brand that has been around for 130 years or so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a flagship American brand and, uh, you know, it's got sort of equities and things that just, you know, should almost go, uh, untouched and you're sort of like in your head, you know, why would they even, uh, do, do a rebrand or why would they sort of, uh, fix, uh, something that is kind of perfect. And I think, when you go through the sort of case study here, you realize that, yeah, it is, um, it's an incredible brand and the design of it is sort of, uh, you know, shouldn't be messed with, but they did all of the right things to update it in, in a way that is uh, sort of elegant and sort of beautiful. And it starts with the logo. So they really kind of cleaned up the logo. Uh, they separated the letters, which is, uh, you know, sort of an interesting thing. I think it reads a little bit lighter on the can. Um, they sort of, you know, just generally cleaned up the entire word mark. Um, and, uh, and, and that's where, that's where the brand starts. They also cleaned up the packaging in a sort of nice way where they created a, a more systemized approach to it. Um, so the before and after is subtle, but it's like sort of in that perfect, uh, sort of evolution towards just a better system, a better design, and still, you know, not messing with some of that, you know, sort of instantly recognizable stuff that you know and love. Kevin, yes, you I, seem like I, you're itching to 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 say something. I, I've got a couple takes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I'm not a huge fan of this uh, spaced out cursive type mm -hmm. beat. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make sense. The cursive's not really written like that. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't think it's the biggest deal. I'm not. I'm not gonna die in this hill. I did yep. like the connected cursive letter much better. Okay. Um, I also think that at this point, Campbell's is a very iconic brand. And why do they need to put ingredient? Like, why did why did they need the noodles and the chicken on the packaging? I don't think I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, no, they they do actually, and I think um, because do, they, do sell they you, you're saying they do need it. They need to have some sort of visual representation of what's in there. And I think if you look at the before... You can't just read the word? No. I mean, I think if every word on the packaging like was across the board, which just said beef steak and tomato and sort of cream of mushroom, and it didn't have any visual like representation of what it tasted like, it would be really tough for consumers. Um, would I, it, though? Because like, yeah, I feel be. like everybody knows what Campbell's soup is. I, I'm telling you, people are not th thinking that... that that much on shelf and so i will say like even so little behind the scenes here so uh campbell's is a client of ours um is someone that reached out to us um because of this rebrand they had uh they had just finished this rebrand with turner duckworth and they reached out to us because they wanted our um us to create a sort of a ceremonial t-shirt and merchandise to celebrate this rebrand can we say that on the pod I don't know. It's a good question. So I, I don't see why not. Um, they um, so th so so I we knew this was coming. We saw this um, about three or so months ago for the first time. And I, you know, before I ever, you know, before, you know, I saw the sort of guidelines brand update, I sort of was like, I hope they do something really simple i hope they don't you know I, in my head i was like kind of i hope they clean it up and i hope they like sort of uh, celebrate its assets and sort of do this you know in the, in in sort of a, a, a the right way i guess and you know not changing too much but kind of updating what needs to be changed uh, updated um and they completely nailed it like in my mind i was like this is exactly what they needed to do and i think one of the things in my brain that i was trying to wrestle my head around was like how do they take 
the cream of celery bowl of soup on the front of the package off without um, to clean up the sort of lower half of the can design mm-hmm. and still communicate what is inside the can. And I think they did that in sort of the cleanest, simplest way, which is like one or two ingredients in the white space to the right of the logo um, in, in, you know, sort of in this like, you know, PNG <laughs> chicken noodle PNG uh, sort of uh, design versus like a bowl of soup. And I think that stuff is really important, Kevin. Like, I know this seems ridiculous, but like people want to see because they can't see into the liquid because the can. Oh, yeah, because it's a can. Right. So it's like they need to see like people need to see what they're buying just to, because they're not thinking. They're not there to think. They're there yeah. just to purchase. And like also a can's like metal and you can't like see into it. So like, yeah, that's you, can't, the, you can't like see. I know you're being sarcastic, but I, that's the point is like you. they all look the same on could, shelf. Could they have made them clear? <laughs> they could have little window, probably. little window a little, in there, <laughs> um, or maybe a little window. But I think this is the most elegant way in which to do this to not sort of have a big, you know, sort of bowl, steaming bowl of soup on the front of the can. Yes. So I think that in that way they had to do something. Otherwise, people are just gonna you're, you're expecting people to do too much work, which is to read, to think, read and think. think. And I'm just, I know you think that's funny, <laughs> but like people are just not going to do that. So, yeah. um, I all think, right. Well, if you say if you say they need the images, I. They, That's what I'm saying. If you say they do, I'll believe you. I'm, and I'm, I'll say that they did do a good job to systematize you. it. And honestly, looking at the before and after, I think the word mark looks a little nicer, like on pack. They got it rid does. of that they got rid of the black um the black like back shadow. Yeah. Back shadow stroke thing. Yes. Um flatten. Yeah. Clean. Clean. Good. Yeah. I agree with you, Kevin. Like I think at first when you look at the logo sort of before and after and it's you know not connected, you're like, well, what is that? Why why not connect that script? It looks and, good on pack. And then you look on pack and you're like, that's why you don't connect the scripts. Because yes. it's like clean and sort of lighter and mm-hmm. sort of just feels feels nice. Um and so yeah, the can design I think is absolutely kind of like flawless, you know, sort of uh, nailed it. Uh, one of the things that I thought was funny when I first saw the rebrand was sort of this um, updated medallion. And um, again, I've never worked on Campbell's and I didn't know the brand history. I didn't know sort of like um, all the um, all the, the, the nuts and bolts of what makes the Campbell's brand. And one of those things oh. is this medallion, this 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 bronze medal that they won in 1900 um, that sort of sits in the middle of the can. It's iconic as a sort of just gold piece of uh, me- metal. But what is this like a World's Fair? Yeah, they, they won some sort of World's Fair um, bronze medal in 1900. And I just chuckled to myself thinking that like they're really holding on to this like yeah. medal from 1900. Holding on to a bronze a medal. Bra- exactly. <laughs> they're really celebrating this bronze medal. <laughs> We're not metal shaming here, of you know, uh, at all, you know, as, as, as someone who, you know, one, two silver can lines. So we don't, we don't medal shame the Olympics, you know, winning a gold or silver or bronze is, you know, those are all trophies. Those are all winners in our minds. Yes. Also, all these takes are in jest and fun. And and it's fun. Exactly. We're having fun. We're just having fun here. But yes, I thought in my head, I was like, that's pretty funny that they hold on to it. But at this point, it's not even about the medal. It's yeah, about it's sick. It's, it's the iconic. <laughs> it's, it's iconic and it sits in the middle. So I think the whole system is, is pretty flawless and sort of the packaging and the logo and, and, and the system, systemization of the, the flavors and the, and the cans. It's all wonderful. The yeah. only thing that I have a little bit of beef with, and I had beef with when I first saw it, is the illustrations. Armin kind of made some jokes about how they looked like they were something that he could do, and uh, and I think as a team, when we saw the 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 guidelines, we were like this, you know, the typeface and the medallions and the packaging, everything is 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 pretty perfect. And then you get to the illustrations, and you're like, 
yeah, this is not necessarily our favorite part of it. Anyway. I don't know. I I, I kind of like them. I yeah. think they're they they do what they need to do. They're not no frills. They're a little. They're kind of human. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm here for them. Yeah. I think I just think the you know execution of them could have been a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit. It's like a classic. Uh, classic like average art enjoyer take is like, oh, I could do that. Could could you though? Do it, do it, Armin. Do it. I'm sure he could. Do uh, it. No, do it, Armin. Let's see. Do it, Kevin. We can't do it. Um, I, honestly, it is. Uh, you know, I, I just think those illustrations uh, lack a little bit of uh, you know, sort of finesse, I guess. Or you know, they think they are. They probably uh, you know, they're simple and they're human. And I agree with you, Kevin. They bring a sort of like childlike uh, sort of uh, humanity to the brand, and I just think that you know, maybe. Um, we could have maybe tried out something maybe a little bit more exciting or unique or special. Um, it is what it is. But overall, Turn Duckworth doing uh, a fabulous job here. And I think it's, is, you know, again, when I when we talk about rebrands in the past, we talk about sort of like, you know, keeping what's great, making it better and sort of like celebrating its assets. And I think they have uh, really, um, yeah, this is, uh, Turn Duckworth is like one of the best agencies in the world at doing this thing, which is big brand sort of uh, evolution, sort of iconic stuff. And so this is uh, this is uh, right on uh, the mark for me. Um, moving on. Um, there is a new brand in town in the sort of, uh, in, in the cleaning supplies uh, business, I guess. That's probably how you want to describe this brand. It's a, a, a sort of home uh, sort of cleaning products. And the brand is called Safely. Um it features a sort of all green design system with sort of a uh, drop, a very minimal packaging, something a bit reminds me of smart water. Um, but uh, they have something that um, they, they're a brand new brand. They just sort of announced and they immediately have an exclusive deal with Bed Bath and Beyond. And the only reason why any of this is news is because the people behind this brand are Christine Teigen and Kristen Mary Jenner, aka Chris Jenner. And uh, those two people are very famous and very successful uh, businesswomen <laughs> and famous internet celebrities and real life celebrities. There's nothing that I love more than a bunch of rich people getting together and making a brand that'll mm -hmm. probably get them even richer. Let me first start off by saying that this packaging yeah. is amazing. Oh, you like it? Yeah, it's so simple. It's so clean. It's iconic, you know. Is it's it? Like, it's iconic, dude. Yeah. yeah, that drop, dude. That's so. It's it's just nice. Makes you makes me feel like I could drink it. It is. Maybe um, maybe it looks like it would make my breath really fresh. It does have a minty look to it. It does. Um. So that's that's the critique, Kevin. Is that it looks? You like the way it looks? No. I mean, I I don't mind the way it looks. Yeah. But uh, I will fine. never ever buy this. Fuck this brand. Ooh. I hope I hope it goes out of business. Whoa. Um, Whoa I wish nothing but um, oh. the opposite of success for Whoa. Chris Jenner and Chrissy Teigen. Whoa. They've had their fair amount of success. Oh. Maybe let somebody else have some success. Damn. Also, like three um, hand soaps cost $25. Mm. Bullshit. Mm. This, is this is the definition of greenwashed. Like the mm. better for you cleaning mm. supplies, mm. like they look like they're eco friendly. They're not, and if they were really eco friendly, they'd be in refillable like bottles and yep. they'd sell bulk. But they didn't do that because they don't really give a shit. They just want to make money. Yep. Um, their claims. Listen to these claims. Okay. Powerful ingredients. That's those are just facts. Yeah. Power. No harsh chemicals. Yeah. Can't have chemicals. 
life-changing scents. <laughs> Highly concentrated. Okay. Refillable bottles. Uh-huh. So let's break those down. Powerful ingredients. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. That's empty claim. No harsh chemicals. Yeah. What even is a harsh chemical? Mm. Life-changing scents? I don't yep. know. Probably not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Highly concentrated. Sure. Yep. Refillable bottles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But like, what are you going to refill them with? Like, yep. another bottle that you have to buy? Yep. I don't know. Well, it's good for the environment, Kevin. No, it's absolutely not good for the environment. I'm sure they're using plastic. I'm sure they're not like spending anything on the packaging. Yep. Like, it, it, this is meant to look like a premium product, but yep. it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not. It's not going to be that. Yeah. And it's... It's a fucking, it's a sham. It's a sham. Travis Sham mockery. It's a Travis yeah. a sham and a mockery. Hey, Chris's favorite is the uh, Clean Freak Kit. Oh. It's um the $52 <laughs> bundle where it looks like you get every single product. You get three hand soaps. Damn. You get a, I don't even know what the, like a, a laundry duo. Mm-hmm. And then you get some uh, surface spray. So, yeah, you know, good for them. This brand, you know, what it is what it is. Shout out to them. This is a... Uh, this is great. I love when the market regulates itself like this. And, you know, they always say capitalism breeds innovation. And, you know, this is what we're seeing here. Just innovation, baby. Yeah. I think for me, that's the part that really sort of grinds my gears a little bit is that, like, there's a brand called Blue Land, and it sort of has uh, cleaning supplies in sort of reusable bottles that um, is is for cleaning and it got a lot of press and it got a lot of sort of excitement and um, it, you know, sort of, a, you know, for, for sort of leading the way, I guess, here and sort of like trying to get people to not buy reusable or, you know, sort of single use plastic cleaning supplies, sort of selling beautiful, clean packages and sort of refillable and sort of like a subscription model. And, um, this just is literally a copy and paste of that, that business. And just like, you know, instead of blue land, this is just green land. And they just, you know, sort of safely is, you know, just a um, pretty generic, you know, yeah. also fuck name. that name. That's that name sucks safely. Um, but yeah, I think just like blue land, you know, walk. So this could run. And it's just kind of sad that like, I, I just have to, I, I want to believe that, someone didn't just like see this business and was like, we could do that too. We're moms and we have cleaning supplies and just like seeing blue land and just kind of taking, um, pretty much the same business model and just, just doing it for themselves and then jumping immediately to the front of the line because they can, you know, they have relationships in with retailers. So I think it's kind of, yeah, kind of sad and it just, you know, um, Chris Teigen obviously has been sort of the uh, the subject of a lot of criticism lately. And uh, yeah, Chris Jenner, it's like, wh- I just, it's hard because like these people are so successful and they can and should continue to be successful. Like we don't have to no, they should, stop they should, them. From, they, need to shut, they need to shut the fuck up. They need to, they need to stop. One of the things that really annoys me about the Kardashians and just like the entire empire is that they and have I said this on the podcast that like they do like they all have their own brands right they all have skims or they have 818 tequila or they have Kylie cosmetics and then this is safely and like you know they all have like uh brands that they have each one of them uh designated or sort of lead and businesses that are 
very successful. And I think I've talked highly about Skims and I've talked highly about Kylie Cosmetics and I've talked, you know, um, highly about some of the brands because I think they, you know, they do a good job, obviously, from a creative side of things. They obviously have all the money in the world to hire great creatives and to come up with good ideas. And they don't, you know, sort of, um, you know, they, they, they definitely are cashing in on their fame. And I think they have every right and should do that. But they continue to do these uh, Instagram sort of like promotional giveaways. Have you ever seen this, Kevin? No. So on Instagram, they'll post a picture of themselves with like 30 brands around them, like bat handbags Ugh. and all these brands. And they're like, giveaway time. Like, here are the rules for this contest. You have to follow everyone that like Scott Disick follows on Instagram. <laughs> then you have like, it's, it's like, and it's like the lowest common, like, it, I don't know how much they pay them to do these sort of like raffle giveaways to their hundred million followers or whatever. But it's like, if you're going to do skims and you're going to do sort of Kylie cosmetics and you're going to do all these sort of like, you know, sort of entrepreneurial ventures, like maybe cool it with the fucking raffle giveaways on Instagram. It's like, we know you're capitalizing on your fame and success and I'm happy for you. And it's fine to me to be able to do that. That's why, you know, reality show superstars of years, you know, for years and years and years have been promoting products and selling things and brands. Like it's a great platform for that. That's fine. But Maybe the promo Instagrams, like raffling and sort of like, uh, you know, giving away sort of money in exchange for fucking followings, and like it's just like shady, sort of like lowbrow kind of stuff, and just like you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta pick pick your battles, and that's my sort of like two cents on the Kardashians. Yeah, if you have safely products in your house, yeah. I'm I'm stealing something. <laughs> okay. I'm t- I'm stealing something from your house. Okay. Um we got um to move on. So a uh a new a new brand story this week comes from the die line. Um shout out to Andrew Jessica. Uh this one popped up on my timeline in a bunch of different places, but they had the best article I thought about it, which is a new line of uh cannabis C B D Delta Nine uh products. I don't know. Delta eight. Oh sorry, Delta, it, eight. Delta eight Delta eight ain't C B D. Okay, Delta Eight is what somewhere between THC and uh, you know sort of uh, CBD, right? Yes. It's like legal. It's but like it's, legal weed, but somehow it's, I don't really, I don't really get the uh, legality of it. It's, yeah, it seems like a little bit of a loophole, but uh, okay. So it's legal weed. It's sort of like gas station, sort of like uh, you know. No, no, it's it's somewhere. No. Okay, so um, there's a new brand in the space, and it's led by. Uh, a man that became very famous at the very beginning of the pandemic, which feels like a million years ago, and his name is Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic obviously comes from the Netflix show Tiger King, and then um, sort of uh, tells the story of him and his uh, his his crazy life. And this is my favorite part of the Dylan article. It says polyamory, sex cult, drugs, guns, loss of limbs, charismatic mega fauna. I don't even know what that is. Trademark infringement, bad Photoshop, self-produced music, uh, petty Facebook feuds, tax fraud, politics, fire, murder, and expired meat from Walmart dumpsters. That pretty much sums up the doc. Um, Oh, yeah. In in, in a great way. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Tiger King. Um, So this, you know, sort of became, when we all got locked up, this was like, and I think even if we weren't in quarantine, I think this would have been like a bona fide sort of like, you know, sort of zeitgeist culture shifting show. Um, it just so happened that we were all stuck inside at that exact moment when it came out. And it was it, it was and, you know, sort of an incredible story. Um, Joe Exotic 
Went is he out of prison? I don't know. That's the thing. It's like he went to prison. Um, I guess he still is in prison. And this article says, um, uh, currently spends his days as a guest of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. I guess that means he's still in prison. But that doesn't stop him from capitalizing on his uh, fame and notoriety, maybe a year and a half too late, with a new line of products called Joe Joe's Exotics. Um, so Joe's Exotics is a sort of, as I mentioned, a Delta 8 weed brand. And I got to say, um, from a design uh, branding standpoint, um, there's some some pretty funny stuff happening here. It fucking rules. Yeah, it's pretty good. The packaging itself, uh, first and foremost, the name Joe's Exotics is pretty great name for a cannabis oh, yeah. company. That's a home run win there. The packaging is quite insane with this sort of like a crazy illustration. But and, and on the bottom of it, it has a rainbow American flag with cannabis uh, stars, um, oh, which yeah. is fucking epic. And then the inside of the packaging has uh, sort of tiger stripes it's and, the attention to detail for me yeah and it's that sort of uh yeah it's those touches of brilliance that really sort of uh just make you sort of um appreciate this cash grab in a way that really to be honest you gotta you gotta do it of course he's got to do it but also just like again it could have been really cheesy and really bad and it is but it's so cheesy and bad that it comes out the other side yes of being I, amazing i the thing that I love the most about this brand of course. is the beverage is literally named Tiger Piss. So we haven't gotten there yet. And <laughs> well, I'm going there because permission this to is go the, there. This is the best. Oh, thank you for permission, Alex. Mm-hmm. This is the best. Um, this is one of the best beverage names I've ever seen. <laughs> and I think we're going to go on, go on record and say, you know, yeah. Joe Exotic seems like a bad guy. Terrible guy. You know, awful. You hate to see it. But, you Not know, he, he named his drink Tiger Piss, yep. and I'm probably going to drink it. Yep, um, yep, yep. Anything mm-hmm. involving piss, <laughs> we love. Um, uh, it's just it's just great. I, mm. I'm so excited that there's finally a beverage called, you know, with the name piss in it. Mm. Um, mm. I love it. Shout out, piss boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Tiger Piss name is one of those things you just see it and you just have to laugh out loud. Like, it's just, it's brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll just say it is that, you know, to, to create a sort of a Delta 8 or sort of sparkling sort of a cannabis drink that's called Tiger Piss is like, that's just like, that's just knowing your market, knowing exactly what you're doing. Great do you, naming. Do you think and, it's yellow? I, I don't know, but I think it's one of those things that if we can get our hands on it, we got to do it. We got to drink. Oh, yeah. We got to drink some in the studio. Uh, I've never had Delta Eight before, but I probably I worry a little bit. It's of, pretty good. I'm sure it will probably it's, uh, it's, fuck it's you legit. up. It's legit. It's legit. Yeah. Can I tell you another thing that made me chuckle was that not only is it called Tiger Piss, the tiger is peeing on a gravestone that says R.I.P. Carol. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Joe Exotic, not where. Uh, not done sort of uh sort of uh, with his feud and beef with carol baskin oh, can we can we go can we go back to the tiger pissing right there yeah yeah yeah. what yeah, an yeah. interesting what an interesting crop they have just like literally the tail yeah partial yeah partial butt mm-hmm. and then the tiger's <laughs> cock and balls yeah and that's it and the, and the tail it's just the corner yeah and it's it, like alex said it's pissing on the uh gravestone of Carol Baskin. Yeah, so I guess this is what comes down to it's like um, Joe Exotic, uh, undeniable bad dude, just not a good guy, not someone that we really should celebrate or root for, or you know, um, you know, be supporting in any way. But great at branding, <laughs> like just like Tiger Piss drink, Joe Exotic's cannabis company. Listen, like if, if Tiger Piss wants to throw us a, a 
podcast sponsorship, yeah. we will we will promote this. But it's just so 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 funny. Um, I, I I don't know what's going on. This is something about uh, Joe's looking for a new like love interest. They're going to do some sort of like reality dating show with Joe. Exotic. While he's in prison, is it while he's in prison? So that would be. I think I don't. I'm not looking forward to more stuff. Oh, you're gonna watch it, but you, you know you're gonna watch that. See, see the thing that's like really weird and odd about these reality shows, and I've talked about them, you know, many times before, and how much I love them. It's just. You know, we watch it and you love it, and then it comes back, and you're just like, you forget who all the characters are, and you're like, ah, why did I, why did I care about this? And so it's it's hard for me. Um, I feel like these season twos of these, like you know, flash in the pan reality. Are shows, they doing season two? And there's going to be more. There's content. no way it's going to come like, back. It's already, they told the whole story. Don't do a season two. No, they're they're they'll be back a hundred percent. And there will be, you know, there'll be more to, uh, to, to, you know, there'll be more to talk about and the story is not over. And I'm just saying, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, I find this, you know, brand and design of it pretty hilarious and definitely doesn't disappoint. So, um, shout out to Dialine. They, they captured this, uh, correctly. It's, you know, there's, there's some wonderful, odd and sort of good design decisions happening here and uh yeah it's just it's just uh, you know i'm happy <laughs> not happy i'm uh delighted to see these type of things in the world i guess but i'm not not necessarily looking forward to more tiger king content i no. think i'm good on that um two small stories before we leave uh kevin uh, our favorite uh, topic of the podcast, or one of them, is Subway's relationship with uh, the media and their it's really uh, tanking brand uh, sort of uh, you know uh, PR um, you know issues that they've had. Um, you know, we've talked about on the podcast that um, their meat is in meat, their bread is in bread, and their tuna is in tuna. They have a new website called SubwayTunaFacts.com. Uh, the big headline image uh, of tuna sandwich, and it says, Subway tuna is real tuna. That's right. The truth is Subway uses wild-caught shipjack tuna regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. A favorite among sub lovers, our tuna is and has always been high-quality, premium, and 100% real. And then they have sort of a bunch of, you know, FAQs and, you know, sort of conversation, you know. just Yeah, you uh, can go to the website and check it out. Yeah, check it out, subwaytunafacts.com. This looks like a fake website. This Are looks like a... Uh, Are you believing in this? This, is, this reminds me of, like... I mean, I think this actually is real. Like, it looks like... They, yeah. it, it follows the brand, you know, whatever, whatever. Yep. It follows, probably follows the brand guidelines for, yep. um, you know, myth debunking websites. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I love that this just reminds me of like a, like a conspiracy website. It does. Yeah. Like Subway tuna is real tuna. Yeah. Myth on the left. New York Times report of Subway's premium fan favorite tuna wasn't actually tuna. Truth. Not true. What actually happened is the New York Times commissioned a test that couldn't detect tuna in their sample. So it's like they're just basically debunking sort of some of the fake news out there about the tuna. Oh, yeah. But I do think, Kevin, yeah, it sort of looks like a website that um, is uh, designed and uh, created from like a PR lens and sort of like, you know, there were a lot of meetings about this to try to sort of how are we going to debunk this? And, you know, someone's idea was a smart idea, which was like to create a website that has real factual information. Sorry. And uh, this is the result here. And it just like, it just couldn't be less compelling from like a experience perspective. This makes me 
believe that it's not real tuna. It really is. see to me. It, I I honestly kind of I forgot about it. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not out there. I'm yeah. not a Subway tuna enjoyer. But yeah, um, yeah. I'm not out there ordering this. But this website is this website makes me think it's not real. Like yeah. Why would they need to make a website? They just dispute this claim. And yes. Shout out New York Times doing a number on uh, on Subway right here. Yeah, I I I think this is like obviously it's 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 helpful in that they can like point people here in the future and just be like you know this is a, that's actually fake like go to this website and we have all the we've you know sort of uh, you know sort of collected all the the real facts here and um, but I think. There was an opportunity here to do something like maybe a little bit of a uh, enjoyable experience from a design perspective. Well, it's and maybe Subway. Something, what else? What, what else would they do? I don't know, but maybe have some fun with this, or just maybe maybe kind of turn this in, you know, into something that was um, compelling, creative content, yeah, spin marketing, zone. spin zone. Like just you know, having a website with just the facts is like it's it, it's fine, and certainly there's definitely some damage control. Like Subway must at this point have some sort of damage control PR agency partner or like internal services because oh, yeah. they have been just like on the defensive. Yeah, like, they for they got years. um they hired Steph Curry as a as a new spokesperson. Well, they have he's they've always on. had great spokespeople. Oh yeah, but he's talking about the uh, the refresh. Um, really? Yeah, they're doing like a a refresh, and basically what I think it is is they're just saying they're refreshing, like. They're they're not changing anything. They're just um, okay. Know, they're just making it look a little bit better. Steph Curry. What do you mean? They're just making the the website? No, they're just making like pro- they're probably going to make their food look oh, a little bit better. Like so this is a good story, actually, Kevin. I mean, the Subway facts is not really much of a story. Steph Curry, Serena Williams, and Tom Brady joined Megan Rapino in Subway ads. Another sports archon, uh, Charles Barkley, is the new voice of Subway and ads highlighting the brand's eat fresh refresh menu upgrades yeah what do you think uh is is subway are subway sandwiches on the tb12 diet oh tom brady has never eaten he hasn't eaten a subway sandwich in 15 years go ahead tom no, brady no take chance. a bite of the subway sandwich no. on live television I so you. they so subway is making what it calls the biggest menu refresh in its history a broad overhaul that includes a combination of upgrade ingredients or new updated or return sandwiches designed to reinvigorate the sandwich giant kevin this is what you called for this is what we were saying yeah this but, is exactly what you wanted yeah but this is a very surface level um this is a very surface level solution what do you mean they're they're, they're not they're, they're, there's no way they're actually making their ingredients better they like they literally maybe they said they're gonna do it but you know there's only one way for us to find out no we have to try subway on the pod yes all right once they do this refresh the changes will include 11 newly improved ingredients including upgrades to its signature italian bread as well as its hearty multi-grain bread i mean to be honest this all makes me believe that none of this stuff was real yeah now they're upgrading it all why are they if if the tuna's real and the bread's real yeah why are they upgrading it huh why are they backing down? Why are they caving in? Well, they, they needed to up. I mean, the, the menu needed an overhaul. I mean, especially in a world where like you can go to Sweet Green or dig in or go to any other sort of like healthy lunch food places and like they have actual real ingredients that they're putting in salads and sandwiches and things like that. Like Subway's, you know, ingredients feel so, so, so dated and absolutely fake and, and had to be uh, improved. So this is one of. Quote, this is one of the boldest changes in core menu in decades. Trevor Haynes, president of North America. Oh, shut the fuck up, Trevor Haynes. Whoa, Kevin, put some respect on his name. It's really the beginning of a multi-year journey. So, Kevin, I mean, this is, um, again, you have you have the uh, wrong take in that you should never eat Subway um, because there are better sandwiches out there. 
I have the uh, correct take, which is there are certainly better sandwiches out there, but a Subway sandwich is um, a, spe a special and unique uh, sort of experience. And I, for one, am interested in trying sort of the new improved Subway ingredients. Yeah, eat that Subway sandwich and wash it down with a fresh glass of Safely. Yep, so <laughs> that's the podcast this week. Thank Investigate you. Subway Tuna. Thank you, Kevin, for uh, you know for being here as always. Uh, next week, get ready, get excited. Guests. Guest. Guest. Yes. Followed by guests. Yes. It's just one of those.